Good evening. How's everyone? As you can see, I'm not Pastor Zeke. I am a. I wasn't a blessed with that much good looks, but we'll be all right. We'll get through this. Um, so yeah, like um, I guess to introduce myself uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jacob uh, Garcia. I usually you probably don't see me here Thursday nights because I'm in the back with all our youth over there. Usually they they have a good time, so I like being over there with them. So. But uh, yeah, me and my wife, Sarah, we serve uh, the youth, the junior high and high school ministry. So we're usually there Thursdays and Sundays. So that's usually why you don't maybe see me up here so much or around here. But yeah, we've been coming here for um, almost two years now. We're still fairly new, but you guys have totally like brought us in as one of your own because you guys are awesome. You guys have awesome love for, for each other, and that's just... Um, that's just something that we were just, uh, we just fell in love with when we came here. Just uh, how, just the closeness that you guys have with one another, and that's just, uh, that's just the church. The church is an awesome thing. Um, well, as you know, uh, this this whole we're going to be in Ephesians today. We're going to be finishing up chapter three. Um, we've been going through our summer series in Ephesians. You know, being in Christ and uh, all the teachers so far have been awesome. So I've been uh, basically I've been told do good and don't don't mess up so that's that's the encouragement i've been getting so yeah so hopefully it'll uh hopefully we'll be all right so uh yeah if you guys have your bibles if you can turn to ephesians chapter three um i'm going to be reading or going over verses 13 through the end of the the chapter so up to verse 21 but we're gonna we'll start at the beginning so we can kind of get a refresher of last week and then we'll go from there all right so Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has been now, as it has... uh, has now been, excuse me, revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit, to be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me according to the working of his power, to me the very least of the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in, in the heavenly places. This was accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confidence and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, God, just for, um, Lord, just the privilege of being called your people, God. Lord, I just as the, the last song we saw, um, uh, we we sung, Lord, just to go deeper, Father. That, Lord, um, Lord, you you, uh, Lord, you pursued us, Father. You went, Lord, so deep for us, Lord, that you that you went to the cross and died so that you can be with us, God. And Lord, in return, Lord, I, I pray that we would have that desire, have that that passion, that purpose, Lord, to go deeper with you, Father. Just as our whole theme of um, our whole vision for this year from our pastors, that we would go deeper with you, Lord, and I pray that we would do that, Father. And as we just, Lord, give uh, attention, Lord, and to your word, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would comfort us, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, encourage us, Father, that, Lord, even convict us, Lord, and, and just, um, 
even bring confirmation, Father, and we know, Lord, that your word never fails, God, and that it, it never comes back void, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Alrighty, so we got through that part, so let's try to get through a little more, right? <clears throat> All right, so, so starting back in, uh, in verse 13, he says, Paul, this is Paul speaking, Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations. Uh, one thing that I've, I've learned about studying the Bible from what I heard, every, every time you see this word therefore when you start somewhere, you gotta got to, like the rule of thumb is you've got to ask yourself what it's the therefore, therefore, right? I know you've probably heard that a thousand times, but a thousand and one might get in there. Um, but he says, therefore, when he says that, we have to kind of look back at what we talked about last week. Um, if you remember this last week, Craig was talking about the mystery, and Paul was talking about the mystery of the church and how uh, the body of Christ is, is united in, uh, you know, us as believers, we're united in Jesus Christ. See, there was no, uh, there's no more distinction. There's no more Jew. There's no more Gentile. There's no colors. There's no ethnicity. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Um, I found this. There's a saying that, uh, you know, from um, from Christian, from church history, that says that the, the first century church used to say this: that you know, we're not, we're we're a different race. We're not the Jewish race anymore. We're not the Gentile race. We're the we're the new race. We're the, we're the church. You know, we're the third race basically. And and I thought that was awesome because they had such a reality of, of the church and this new thing that God was doing. You know, Paul just was just revealing to us like the mystery of the church. This was something like new that God was doing that. That, that in the Old Testament was like barely hinted at, and no one really, I mean, that, that's basically all it was, was hinted at. And not until the New Testament, until until uh, after, once the church was established, that we, we see this revelation. And Paul was, um, you know, just privileged with uh, being able to be a, a steward of this and minister to it to, to the Gentiles. And um, you can kind of see here his, like, his tone. Like, he's kind of like, man, this is like, I'm just beyond myself. Like, this is awesome. I'm like so unworthy to do this. And, you know, we read that a little bit ago that, he says, I'm the least of all the saints, of all the apostles. Like, I don't even deserve this, but God is so good that, that he just allowed me to do this, to take, to take the message of the gospel in the church to the Gentiles. And, and we see uh, just how excited he is. And, and for us as well, you know, back in the Old Testament, the, you know, God chose the nation Israel to be his people, but not just for them to be people of it so that there would be a light to the rest of the world, but they kind of took that as like, there are the special people like God loves me and not you, haha, that type of thing, right? So they had this kind of, um, if you will, towards the other, other, you know, other races, other ethnicities, in a in a sense. So you know, one of the things that, that they used to think about about the Gentiles that all the Gentiles were good for were fueling the flames of hell. So it's kind of it's kind of tense, right? But that's kind of what they thought. They thought like, oh, we're 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 uh, you know, we're God's special people. You know, father, our father is Abraham. We come from Abraham and. and Abraham was a friend of God, so like we have this special privilege. But then Paul, uh, Paul throws this like this bomb, this bombshell, right, and just like totally messes up their whole theology, their whole thinking. Is like, no, the Gentiles, you're one with them, right? And you, and just as uh, not only are you one with them, but you, the inheritance that you have through Abraham, that's that's theirs as well. Like if there was like a, a, a Orthodox Jew in that time, he probably fainted in the background. He probably heard a thud. He was like freaking out at this point, right? That's what's going on. There's a verse, and Paul kind of he goes in a little more with this in Galatians 3. Um, you guys don't have to turn that. I'll read it. Verses 27 through 29. It says, For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. That's awesome, right? You guys should, that's just in that alone, like. All the promises that, that God had for us, we have that as well. Like we're we're grafted into that that family tree of God, and that's um. <clears throat> and Paul's just like he's just I don't know he's just kind of like wow that God is just you know, I'm just in awe of God. He's just like blowing me away. So we go on this first point. He says, therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your uh, your glory. You know, we have to remember where Paul's at at this time. He's in jail, right? And um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a commentator named Warren Wiersbe. I really like him. I read his stuff when like, I'm trying to study and if I'm like maybe having trouble with something. But one thing he always says, and I really like it, he says that your, your outcome, it, uh, it, how's it go? Your, your outcome determines your, out, um, or your outlook determines your outcome, excuse me. The way you, you the, your attitude towards things. See, we see here, Paul's in, in prison, right? And he says, don't lose heart at my tribulations. They're on your behalf for, their, for your glory, right? 
I thought that was awesome and encouraging because sometimes like when we're when we're going through hard times, right, or if something's going wrong or, or whatever it may be, if we're <clears throat> dealing with stuff or bills are piling up and it seems like we don't have enough money or, or whatever it may be, we're having just relationship issues with, with whoever it may be. You know, sometimes we can be like, man, God, this is a, we, we have this bitter attitude or this, this, this bad attitude or I give you something simple. We wake up for work. We're like, all right, like I'm up. I feel I feel good. God is awesome. And then you trip over something or your kid, you know, their, your child left a toy. Army man, those are like Legos are the worst to step on. I know. <laughs> right. And they like the, those little thing. And just like it's kind of like a snowball effect. It just keeps on. And you're just like at the end of the at, you know, the morning, you're like, I'm ready. You know, like, Lord, let's let's do this. And then all of a sudden it's like, just I want to go back to bed. I don't even want to do anything. Right. And we can have this. We can have this attitude. But he says, but uh, I, like I said, I like that saying, your outlook determines your outcome. See, Paul was in prison, but we know for him being in prison, now he, what he did, what he produced for us was this book we're reading, Ephesians. He wrote Colossians and Philippians and as well as Philemon. You know, Paul was like, hey, this is all good. You know, the, the church of Ephesus is probably like, Paul, what's going on? This is such a bummer. You're in prison. It's like, no, it's all good. Like, I'm chained to these guards, and every new shift I get a new guard, so I'm just like, bring it. I'm going to preach the gospel, so you're going to have to hear it because you're chained to me. Too bad, you know? And and Paul's outlook was just like, hey, I'm here because this is where the Lord has me, so I'm, I'm all good. If this is where he has me, then I'm going to do what I need to do. And, um, and that's just an awesome attitude to have. And, and uh, for me, that was just convicting because I, you know, I, I can have a bad attitude sometimes and just for, you know, for just really dumb, insignificant things, right? But you know, Paul's in prison, but he's still glorifying God. He's still doing the work of God. And I, uh, I think of... Um, you know, if we know we know the example um, of Joseph. You know, he was treated unfair. He was uh, he was sold to, into slavery by his brothers. You know, he was uh, after that he was raised up to Potiphar's house. But then uh, Potiphar's wife. We all know that story. It's not a it's not a fun story. He goes to prison and all these bad things. But God had a plan for his life. God God was working in his life. And um, I love this story because at the end, you know, when <clears throat> after everything that was going on with him, he was raised to the second in, in Egypt. You know, just next to the Pharaoh. And he had all this power and and he was able because of that to to pre- to preserve a people. Right? You know, you know, his uh his family came over from from the land of Canaan where there was famine, where there, you know, there, everything wasn't good over there and they came where they had food, they had everything to survive and to flourish there. But at the end of um uh, of Genesis chapter fifty, you know, we read about Joseph and, and Jacob, his father Israel, he just died so his brother's like, oh man, now he's going to get back at this. Now there's nothing holding him back to her. Like, and then they come to him and they're like, hey, you know, we're sorry. You know, we, we messed up. But um, it says here in Genesis 50, and I just want to read a little bit. It says, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was, was dead, they said to him, what if Joseph bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all our wrong, which he did to him? <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, Joseph says, it, he, they, they send a letter saying, hey, you know, we, we messed up. We're your servants. But Joseph says, "Behold, um, or just says, do not be afraid, for I am I'm, am I in God's place. As for you, you meant this evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring about this present result to preserve many peoples alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones." And so he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And we see that just just the outlook, right? And we know that verse in, in Romans 8:28 for. Um, and we know all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. Right? If that was our attitude when when bad things happen, so Lord, I, I don't know why I stepped on this Lego. Why you had me step on this Lego? It hurt really bad. But if whatever you want to do, I'm I'm yours. You know, if we have that that outlook, then um, <clears throat> we're gonna do awesome things for for the Lord. So we see that's just His outlook. And then we go into uh, He He ends this chapter three with this this awesome prayer. And this prayer, while I was reading it, I, it, it kind of excited me because basically Paul was encouraging the church. He was praying to God that basically the, the, the church, the, the church of Ephesus, they would go deeper with God, knowing the, the mystery of the church and how they they have this inheritance now, how they're one with with Jesus Christ, how how the body of um, how how the church is this uh, the bride of Christ, and how God wants to use it in a mighty way to to share His love and to to tell about Jesus Christ to spread the gospel. But Paul um, has this awesome prayer that they would go deeper, you know, with God. That they wouldn't just settle for where they're at. That they would, now that they know this awesome experience, that they're like, man, God is so awesome. He's like, yeah, but but keep going. Don't stop here. You know, just let's let's go deeper with Jesus Christ. And I love that because that's our that's our vision. You know, that's the vision our pastor has for us that we would go deeper. And um, that's just my desire as well, just in my personal life. And as I was going through this, I was this is totally for me. You know, that's how 
That's how God works sometimes when, um, especially when you're teaching, you're like, I know everyone was telling you, are you ready? And I was like, nope. And everyone was like, are you, and Pastor Z called me yesterday. He's like, hey, I, I just want to call and make sure you're ready for, uh, for, for Thursday. And I was like, what's going on Thursday? He's like, if I cut it out, you know what's going on, right? But, but he's like, uh, <clears throat> nobody's like, are you ready? And I was like, no, I'm not ready, but we're going to do this anyway. And, yeah, but, um, but you know, God, uh, God is just awesome that way. And so we see this, this prayer here. Uh, there's, four, um, there's four parts of this prayer that, that I see, you know, the, the four things that he, that he asks that he prays for to God. The first thing he prays for in verse 15, uh, or excuse me, in 16, is that we would be strengthened. And then verse 17, that we would have depth. Um, verse 18, that we would like comprehend God's love. And verse 19, that we would, be, we would be filled to the fullness of God. So that's the way, if you want to, you know, you can, we can kind of break that down. But starting in verse 14, he says, So for this reason I bow my knee before the Father, <clears throat> from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The first thing I want you to notice is how, how we see his kind of position. He says he's, he's bowing his knees. I'm sure it's like a, a funny sight or, a, or to the guard, maybe like while he's writing, he just falls on his knees and starts praying. And the, and the guard chained him. He's like, man, this guy again, how to get the shift all the time with this dude? And he's, he's praying all the time or he's doing some weird stuff. But he says he's, he's bowing his knee. And um, I like that, you know, nowhere in Scripture does it tell us that like commands us that we need to pray a certain way, right? Like we need to, we need to say you need to pray on your knees or pray facing east or west or, or any of those things, but it all comes back down to, to the heart, right? That's what God is concerned about, not, not if we're on our knees, not if we're standing up, <clears throat> not if we're laying down or whatever it may be. You know, those, it's, it's all a matter of the heart. Of the heart. We see in, in Scripture a lot, a lot of people, they stood while they prayed. They were on their knees while they prayed. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he was on his face before his father. You know, he was praying to him. He's, he was uh, petitioning them, but but I like that. I wanted to bring that up because that's that's what it comes down to, you know. Like, it comes. It's it's not a matter of you know how we're kneeling, how our our body is positioned, but it's where our hearts positioned in Jesus Christ. Um, I love what, what uh, Jesus said to the woman in the well in John four, twenty three and twenty four. He says, "But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the true worshippers of God will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who must worship Him." Uh, must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, it's, it's not again. It's not a. It's not a physical outward thing, but it's it's inwardly. You know, we can have these like awesome, like fancy, elaborate prayers, but if it's not coming from the heart, then it, it doesn't. It doesn't go past the ceiling, right? It's it is all a matter of the heart. You know, God isn't uh, concerned about our, our quantity or how good we. It's, it's it's all about the quality. So if we're if we're really just um, sincere in our prayers, you know, those those are the prayers he hear, Those are the prayers he he uh, he's pleased with, right? Then. That was just a little side note, but I, as I was reading that, I thought about that. And it goes on in verse 15, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, that you, this is the first, the first point, that you would be, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So first, we, the first thing we see to go deeper is that Paul, Paul tells him that, he, um, that they would be strengthened, but not outwardly, not physically, right? Not, not that maybe we're sick and we need to be healed. But he's talking inwardly, spiritually, right? Yeah, that's what he was. That's what he was. Uh, that's that's a specific thing. He's not talking about our physical outwardly. Because I, I can do that a lot of times. Like when I wake up for work in the morning, I'm tired. I'm like, Lord, just help me to wake up. Help me to to be energized. And those things are good. But but sometimes my prayer is like, Lord, Lord, how, what do you want? How do you want to use strengthen me inwardly? Help me to to meditate on your word during work instead of complaining about it's hot and I'm unloading trailers all day. You know, sometimes I can do that more often than I should. But Anyway, but you know, but but um, but he says that we will be strengthened in our man. I love what he says back in in the beginning of verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. See, God is a God of of unlimited resources, unlimited wealth spiritually, right? He wants to give to you guys freely. If we ask him, he's going to give it to us. That's that's the God we serve. He wants to he wants us to come to him with with his with these prayers, like Lord, strengthen me spiritually. I want to be used by you. He's like, yes, here you go. You know, sometimes we think like God, we we have this like fear that we should ask God for something. Like if we want, if we need boldness, or maybe we're we're we want to tell somebody about Jesus or share with a coworker, whoever it may be, and we're like, I'm really intimidated to do that. And and those things are okay if we ask God, Lord, I, I want boldness. I'm I'm really intimidated. God's like, like why are you why are you scared in the first place? You shouldn't have no fear and like in lecture you. And that's no, if 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 you're sincere, if you're like, hey, Lord, I I need this. This is what I I want to be more bold, but I, I don't have that. 
can I, can I, can you give me that? And he's like, yes, I'll give those things to you. But he says, according to the riches of his glory, um, there was a, this, this little uh, kind of analogy to that. If, if I was like a billionaire and I was going to donate something to charity, if I were to donate $10 or something, that's like, that's out of my riches, right? That's not according to my riches. If you're to see me, if like, you know, if you, if you see a billionaire walking, he'd donate like $10, you'd be like, what a cheap one. He has $10 is not going to break him. He can, he can give a little more, right? Or, or something like that. See, according and out of our riches are two different things. Out of our riches is just a little part, $10. But according to your riches is, is more in proportion. It's more like, here's a million dollars. Like, oh, I mean, I know it's a little more steep, but it's nothing that's still going to break him. I mean, I don't have a million dollars to give, but... You know, but that's but that's what he's saying. That's kind of the uh, that's kind of what he's getting at when he says, according to the riches of his glory, see, God is going to give you if you ask for Him to be strengthened in Him. That He's He's going to give that to you, and He's not just going to give you just a little teeny bit, a little like you know drop. But He's gonna He's just going to pour it on you. He's like, all right, get ready. This is what you want. Here it comes. There's a waterfall right now, right? That's that's what he's saying here. That's what God wants to do, and He says that uh, be strengthened with the power through His Holy Spirit in the inner man. Um, it says in, uh, in Acts 1.8, I, um, I like to amplify sometimes to, to, to quote from, it says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the, and the very bounds of the earth. Right? It, when, when it comes to being strengthened, it's spiritual. And, and the only way we can be spiritually strengthened is through the Spirit of God. Right, not not going and going to the gym and working out. All right, Lord, I'm spiritually ready. No, it, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's through God's Spirit and uh, how we get strengthened, how we get um, how we how we get stronger in that is is by yielding to God. But how do we do that? How do we strengthen our spirits? How do we how do we get more of, of the Lord and be more spiritually um, more spiritually strong? Which is the same way, like physically, we're you know, our our bodies we need to eat so we can have nourishment, right? We need to exercise so we can be kind of more have energy and and um and be and our bodies will be healthy. We need that we need rest, we need to drink fluids and all those things and, and Paul's alluding here, you know, just as like physically we need these things, the same as spiritually. We need to exercise our spirit, you know, we need to we need to um feed on the word of God spiritually. We need to be fed like most for the most part, you know, if we're hungry we eat. We don't deny ourselves. I mean I know I don't. Right, I'm not. That's why I don't believe in diets or anything like that. But that's a that's for another time, though. Right, like um, it's probably like a couple of weeks ago. Um, my wife she made um, she made bacon gravy. It's amazing, right? It's, it's right. But um, and I forgot what I was. I think like I'm pretty sure like I was uh, like online. And I was gonna pay the mortgage, and she's like, I made breakfast. I love breakfast. I'm a breakfast guy, right? <coughs> um, and I was about to pay the mortgage. She's like I made bacon gravy. I was like bacon gravy. I was like Sorry, mortgage. You're gonna have to wait for a second. I'm gonna eat right now, right? right? That's just. I mean, you know, we don't we don't deny ourselves. I, I feel like I see like the guys that said bacon, like bacon, bacon, bacon. Sorry, we're getting off track here. Sorry, guys. But um, right. But we don't deny ourselves those things when we when if we're if it's hot, right? Obviously, it's summer. When we're thirsty, we we drink water or whatever Gatorade or whatever it may be. But we we don't deny ourselves, and even more so, we shouldn't be denying ourselves the Word of God. Um, in Matthew 4, 4, you know, when Jesus was being tempted, you guys know the story. It said after he, he fasted for 40 days, and then after that he became hungry. That's kind of like, that's kind of a, you have to kind of get to like to the Greek and, and to know it. It's not just like he was hungry, his stomach started growing a little. Oh man, I'm a little, I feel like a snack. It says like, it literally means like he was starving. Like 40 days, I've never, you know, went along without eating. I don't know, I don't even know if I could, you know. Um, but, but it says, you know, for he started, he, he was hungry. He was like starving. He was, he was like, I mean, and then all of a sudden the devil comes and tempts him. He says, hey, if you're the son of God, you see these stones, make them into to sourdough bread, right? Um, anyone? No. All right. Right. He said, he tells him that and he's like, I mean, that's just like, man, that's just, that's just wicked, right? He's like, he's starving. He's like, hey, do this. And he's like, no. And he says to her, but he replied, it is written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God awesome right that's that's what he's saying here that's what jesus is saying it's like it's not just the physical things that as as christians as believers we need to be sustained with the word of god right we need to read it we not not just to read it and and say okay i did my i can check that off my christian good deed list i read my bible today you know um, i'm 
I'm good with God to know that we that we we desire to to learn more about God because we have a relationship with Him. This is how He speaks to us through His Word. We should have this like insatiable appetite for the Word of God, right? We shouldn't just be like, okay, I read my proverb and my psalm and I'm good. The rest of the day I got things to do, All right? But it should be something we meditate on, something that we should be. We should when we get home, it's like, man, I want to I want to get into God's Word. I want to study. I want to know it because I want to know God more. Not just so I can be like, hey, I know, I know the Bible. I've read the Bible 20 times, the whole thing, or something like that. It's because we want to know the God who we serve, because we want to get in this this deeper relationship with Him. <clears throat> but uh, as well as not just eating, right, uh, that sustains us, but also exercise. And it says in First Timothy 4, 7, and 8, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths, and express your disapproval of them. Train yourself towards godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For, phys- for physical training is, is of some value, useful for a little. But godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise of the present life and also for the life to come. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. He's like, don't just, don't just go to the gym and work out all the time. I mean, that, that's cool. That's all right. Like, you know, we need to keep our, our bodies our bodies fit and so we can have energy, right? But he's saying, but spiritually, be trained. Spiritually, work out, basically. But how do we do those things? What do we do? What is he talking about? And we have all these practical things. You know, we, one thing is, is is prayer, right? That's one way. If, if we have, how is our prayer life? You know, we have, um, um, I took all these bulletins out here, like all this stuff from the resource wall because we have a lot of things right here. And I was, I was thinking about that in, like, prayer, maybe like we're lacking or, or, or saying, like, man, I want to pray more. Well, we have opportunities. You know, the first Monday of every month at Jeff and Bonnie Muses, we have prayer for the persecuted church. What an awesome way. And maybe like, well, I want to, I, I don't fellowship a lot. That's another way you, you exercise your spirit is by fellowshipping with other Christians. You can like kill two birds with one stone there. You get to pray and fellowship. Boom, right there, right? That's what, but we have these opportunities. We have, we have all these other ministries. You know, if you want to serve, another way is, is by serving. We have the children's ministry, we have the ushers ministry, we have the youth, we have all these things. We have the food pantry here where, where we help people out in need. We have home fellowships. We have all these these avenues, these outlets for you guys to, to serve and to and to spiritually in a sense get fit, right? We have we have all those things and uh you know they're there there's a there's a resource wall back then there's there's a bunch of stuff if if you um you know we have a bunch of missionaries out there that you can pray for, that you can purpose in your heart and say, Lord I'm gonna pray for this this missionary out in wherever they are and, and, and just pray for them at least a little, like 10 minutes out of the day, you know. If you need to take baby steps, that's that's good. You know, as long as you're doing it and, and you're faithful and dedicated, just, you know, the Lord is going to honor those things and and uh, and grow you. <clears throat> that's what he's saying when he says be be strengthened in his spirit and the inner man. He's not just talking about, he's not just concerned about the physical, he's concerned about their spiritual well-being because... He's in prison, and and you know the the enemy was out there. He said at the end of um, he was uh, in the in, in Acts when he leaves Ephesus, he says, "Hey, when I leave, you know these wolves, these ravenous wolves are going to come in, and they're going to spare the flock. You know these these false teachers are going to come in. You know he he had a concern for them. He wanted them to be spiritually ready. And so for us as well, that's for us to be encouraged. When we want to go deeper first. We need to be strengthened to go deeper." Then the next thing, in verse 17, he says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, um, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. And the next thing he says is that we is, is depth that we need. We need to go, we need to go deeper with Him. All right, he says that Christ may dwell in your heart. Well, as as Christians already, right? We're I mean, when we accepted Christ in our lives, He came in. He's already there. But what he's referring to here, that that word in the Greek, dwell, it basically means like that He would make uh, basically, it means it, it, the the idea is to settle down and to feel at home. That, that's the question, isn't it? Like, does Christ is in your heart, but does he does he feel at home there? Or the things that that make him not feel at home, that make him uncomfortable, is, is if we're if there's sin, right? If there's compromise, if there's those things. I don't know. Sometimes, like, obviously, we're comfortable with our own houses. Like, when I get home, I can take off my shoes and lay on the couch and just be all sprawled out or whatever it may be. But if we're at someone's house, we don't know. I mean. You know, some people are are okay like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I like, I'm like very like. Can I sit down? Should I sit down? Do I have to wait till they tell me? I'm like, I'm just kind of, I guess, like that. But, but you know, but that's what he's saying that we need that that depth that that where we have this this intimacy with Jesus. 
right, where, where he feels at home in our hearts. And that's, that's just such an awesome, uh, an awesome thing. That's the, that's the next thing that we would go deeper with him. And it says, I love it, it says, uh, through faith that being rooted and grounded in love. Right? Paul uses these terms here, rooted and grounded. And um, the first thing he, he says is rooted. Basically, he's talking about a tree. The picture is the tree, right? You know, obviously, we need, as a tree, to, to get its nourishment, to have stability, the roots need to go down deep, right, to get everything that it needs. And not just nourishment-wise, but when winds come, when it blows, um, or fierce winds come, it's not going to be easily knocked down. And we know this verse, a familiar verse in Psalms 1, uh, 1 through 3, says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sitters, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season." And his leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Right, the tree has, it has to go deep into the soil if it, uh, so it can have both nourishment and stability. That's what we need to do. We need to go deeper with the Lord in, in the Word of God and in, in everything that we do. You know, if we have that, then, then everything we do in the Lord, you know, He's going he's gonna to give us those victories in Him. But it, it takes us, right? You know, that, you know that, as it says in James, it says that faith without works is dead. It takes our part too. Our God is just going to be like, you know, we're not like puppets where God is just like, okay, I want you to go over here. I'm going to guide you. No, he, there, it, there, it, takes, it takes us as well to actually do, right, to, to by faith and go out and say, all right, Lord, I want to be used. Where do you need me to go? I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there. Um, also, this other verse I saw was actually uh, really cool. In Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, it's, it's basically the same verse, but uh, just a little different. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in a stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by the stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. See, I love that because when we, that's my wife, so I had to, um, right, but we see here is says, you know, when, when, we're, when we're rooted in Jesus Christ, you know, when, when hard times come, he says here, when there's, he won't be anxious in the year of drought or anything, when, when hard times come in our lives, we're not going to be easily shaken, right, because we know that we're rooted in Jesus Christ, uh, that we know, okay, I know this is like a really bad situation, but I know God is in control because we're that rooted in Him. We're that we we're, our roots go that deep in Jesus Christ and His love and and who He is. That you know those things aren't gonna aren't gonna shake us that easily. We're not gonna like freak out. I was telling before like I might panic and just run out the room. So just we'll just do worship, you know. But I didn't. I think I'll be all right. But um, and the next thing he says, he says rooted, but then he says grounded in love. And obviously that's like an architectural term, right? He's talking about foundations, right? And we know this well. We've heard many verses, and you know the foundation is the most important part of the building. If you don't go deep, you can't go high, right? Makes sense. It's a, that's a, but that's what he's saying. You know, we need to have that that firm foundation in Jesus Christ. Like I said, because if not, then when when storms come in our lives, when hard times come, if if we lose our job, if we're unemployed, and we're struggling financially, or or someone's sick, if we have an illness in the family, and you know, when if we're not grounded, if we're not, if we don't have that firm foundation in Jesus, then we're gonna we're gonna fall easily. And you know the devil is just going to have his way with us, and we're going to be um, just freaking out, basically. But you know, Jesus says at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, which we kind of, which we went over last year at, at our uh, at our summer series, he says in a Matthew seven twenty four to twenty seven is awesome verses, like one of my favorites. Um, I'm sure it's Pastor Zeke's too, but anyway, <laughs> says therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. See, that's, that's a sharp contrast there, right? But we see here Jesus makes it clear. It's like if you don't, give heed to my word. If you're not delighting, if you're not meditating on it, then you're going to fall. But if not, hey, you're going to be strong. You're going to be rooted. You're going to be grounded. You're not going to easily be shaken. Right? It says in, um, I think it's Psalms 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. And we only can be still because we know who God is and we know him. 
personally, we we've we've uh, you know, we've been grounded in root. We've been doing what we need to do our work and, and digging deeper and going deeper with God. So we'll be, we'll be able to be still with Him. So uh, going on, that's 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 the depth that God loves that God loves us, and it takes us by faith to, to go deeper with Him, right? To go on, but going on in verse 17, it says so, um, or excuse me, verse 18, um, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. I like this. Uh, the next thing is to comprehend. It's, it's to, to understand, to know. Right? He says that you would know the love of God. You know, uh, well, as I was reading this, I remember the first time I read this when I was trying to study, I was like, I don't understand what he's saying right now. Right? And then I was like, I was like, man, I need to like, you know, and it was like, they told, I don't know how long ago they told me, but even then I was kind of like freaking out. You know, I was like, I don't know how, what, when, you know, I was trying to understand it, but then I started reading and studying. And it's like, it's, it's basically talking about the love of God. How it's how God's love is it's it's dimensional. It's four dimensions. Just like you know when you get a, a piece of furniture that you have to put together, it comes with the dimensions. You know the length and the height and the width and all that. But in the same kind of sense, it says God's love is, is dimensional. He says that you would comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth or the width, the length and the height and the depth of God's love. That's what he's saying that it has these dimensions to it. But what do we mean when we when we talk about God's love is is wide? It's 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 long, it's deep, it's high. What is that? You know, we sing songs about it all the time. Um, but what is he? What is he saying here? He's saying that you know, God's God's love it's it's wide enough to include everyone, right? John three sixty. We know this verse by heart. Maybe most of us do. But you know, for God so loved the world, right? Not just not just Israel, not just certain people, certain race, but He loved every single one. That's how that's how wide God's love is. That it, it covers everyone. He can reach out to any, everyone. You know, there's no one excluded from that. Or sometimes if you maybe talk to someone that doesn't know the Lord, well, it's like, well, what if what about the the pygmies in Africa? It's like God loves them too. His love is is out there with them. He's he's reaching them. Don't worry about them. Let's let's you know let's finish our conversation, All right? But that's that's what he's saying. God's love is wide enough to include everyone. God's love is long enough, right? The length of it it lasts through all eternity, right? There's never going to be a time where God's like, I don't love you anymore. You like you messed up too badly. That's that's not the God we serve, right? It says in the Old Testament, God says, I am I am the Lord. I change not. Right, he's not like he's not like us. Sometimes we like people. We can be, we can be fickle. We can like we can have our mood swings, right? Um, some of us, not all of us, right? But but that's not God. You know, when 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 we mess up, God's not like, oh, you messed up. You're done. You're out of here. No longer my family. Bye bye. You know that type. No, that's not that's not the God we serve. I mean, he's he's there to, to discipline us as a as a as a loving father would his child. But he doesn't forsake us. He's like, all right, I'm just, you're, I'm just over, over it already. You've just been messing up. You don't stop, right? We see that in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah 31:3, that says, "The Lord appeared uh, to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness." He's talking to Israel, and at this time, Israel was like about to go in captivity because they were just messing up big time. If you guys ever read like the Old Testament, see Israel. Like, I mean, God is awesome because, like, just, like, the way these people were, they're just so up and down and fickle. I'd be like, man, I'm going to find someone else. You guys are, you guys are uh, too much, right? It's a good thing I'm not God, obviously. God is awesome. Right? But um, but that's that's how long his love is. It's going to last for all eternity. You know, we it's 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 here now. We can experience it. We're going to experience it all eternity. We're going to be with, with God. It's going to be awesome. And I remember uh, last week... Um, Craig was talking about, you know, like as a body of Christ, we need to love one another. Even sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't, sometimes we cannot like each other. Someone can annoy us. I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, some of us maybe are like, have whatever with one another. The awesome thing is like, we're going to see each other for all eternity. It's going to be awesome. So just, you know, if we get along now, then we're going to be good in eternity because we're going to see, we're going to see this face every day. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but going on, he says, <laughs> he goes on and he says that, the height of it, how high is how high is God's love? You know, we if we read back in, in Ephesians two, verse six, and he says, He raised us up with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I love that verse because we have we have heaven to look forward to. We're seated with God. Right? And and uh, if you guys ever read uh, read like about the end times and about you know in Revelation where it talks about, you know, the millennial kingdom and all that, it says like us the church we're gonna be ruling and reigning with Christ. Right, when Jesus Christ comes back, you know, he's going to come on this white horse and says he's going to have an army with him in white robes and white horses. And I was like, yes, like, I really like hope I can put on some war paint and just have an awesome sword and it's just going to be cool. But um, I don't know. We'll see. 
But anyway, but, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be with Christ. Where it's just it's just awesome. It kind of goes back to that that the inheritance that we have, we're 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 seated with Him. That's how high God's love is for us. That we're not only just saved. He didn't just say, "Okay, I saved you. I did my good God deed for the day. You guys are okay now." He's no, I, I seated you with me in a place of honor, and and you're gonna be with me for all eternity. And and everyone who calls upon me will will be saved. And that's just that's that's God's love. And the last thing it says, uh, um, you know, how deep is God's love and and it's it's so deep it can reach even the worst sinner, right? Some people say, well, God can love you know the to whoever it may be. That God loves everyone. That's how God's love. It's it's not like our love. It's not like a human love, but it's it's deep enough where He even went He went to the cross for our sins. You know, we read that in Philippians too. It says that that He uh, He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Right? He came. He was in heaven. Had all the worship. Had all the glory. But He came down. He took human flesh. He experienced everything we did, but yet was without sin. And he was obedient to God, even unto death. He 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 took the cross for you and me. That that penalty that should have been mine and yours, he took it. That's how deep his love is. That's how that's how intense it is that he would do that. You know, um, uh, when I when I talk about like you know the sacrifice that God made, I in the I always allude to the fact like I mean I would obviously I I had no problem dying for like my wife or a family member you know something like that. But for people I don't know, yeah. I'll have to think about it, like really hard, right? That's, I mean, I have to be honest. Like I'm, I'm human. Like I'm not, I'm not a, again, I'm not God, which is an awesome thing. But, but um, but you know, that's that's God's love. He loves us that much that He would come, and He would die. That's that's how deep it is. That's how intense it is, right? It, uh, this awesome verse, First John, three one and two says, "See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us." That we that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. I love that verse. That's one of my favorite verses. Pastor Zeke's too. But but that's that's oh man. I don't know if you like you tell like you can hear John's tone. He's like that's like we have, we're we're God's children. Like we're going to be with Him. When he comes, we're going to be with him. That's like a guarantee. It's not just like, I'm not sure, but it's it's a reality. It was a reality to the to the apostles, to to Peter, Paul, John, all of them. It should be a reality to us that we're going to be with him for eternity. I don't know if any of you, um, you know, have lost loved ones who know the Lord. I mean, it's I know those 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 are hard times, and and we wish we can see them and and you know be with them and hold them. But we know we have certainty, a guarantee that we're going to see them again in heaven. Right, and that's man, that's that's awesome. That should uh, encourage you. Um, and going on, he goes on. He, the verse 19, and the last thing he said that we would be full with God. He says, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Right. He basically, he's and I love I love how he says he says that you would know the love of Christ. Right. We just talked about a little bit ago. That to that we that we would be able to comprehend God's love for us. But then he says, God's love, it, it surpasses all, it's, it's beyond comprehension. It's kind of like a paradox, right? It's like, you can't really fully understand it, but you should keep going anyway and, and grow in it. You know, you're never going to fully understand it like this side of eternity, but keep going, keep going in God's love, go deeper with him, basically. But he says that you would be, um, that you would maybe filled up to all the fullness of God. And I love that, not just like a little bit of God, but all of God, right? It says in, um, in, uh, or is it Romans chapter 8? I have it bookmarked here. Let me turn there really quick. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about just the love of God had, that had towards us. Let me read it because it's an awesome verse, and I want to like butcher it with my paraphrasing. He says in, in Romans 8:31, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who, is the, who should be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? Right. That's, that's the God we serve. He, he wants... You know, we can have God's um, fullness, you know, I mean, obviously we can't fully have it here on earth, but he says, you know, that we would be fooled with, with the fullness of God. I mean, Christ already dwells in us, but that we would just again go deeper with God, that we would be filled with the knowledge of God, that we would continue and not be just be satisfied. You know, um, just about, you know, going deeper, I always think about, you know, when it, you guys love the ocean, I love going to the ocean, right? But usually when it's cold, like I'm not the type just to run in and jump in, right? I have to like go, like test the waters first, right? Right, sometimes we can do that as Christians. We're like, all right, I'm going to test it, and it's a little too cold. The waves are a little too high. I don't want to get my hair messed up, right? But you're at the ocean, so I don't know. I don't understand that. But anyway, um, 
right? But but you know we test those waters until we can like we get used to it and go deeper and go deeper until you know some people just are content with just having their feet wet at the ocean. I don't understand that either, but but it shouldn't be that way as Christians. We should continue to go deeper with Jesus Christ, right? And not just settle for being at a certain place. There should never be a time in our Christian walk that we're like, okay, I'm good with with knowing Christ. I'm good with reading my Bible this much. No, like not until we're like we see him face to face and we'll be like, oh, I'm good. Like I see him now. I'm like, we're there. All right, well, we should continue. We should strive. We should desire, pursue, you know, to, to, to go deeper with Jesus Christ, to go fuller with him. And uh, this last verse, or the last couple of verses in verse 20 and 21, it says, now to him, see what Paul, he ends his prayer, but then he ends with this, what's called a benediction or a doxology. He just kind of just starts praising God and goes into this, just, this awesome, just, um, just worship of God, basically. He says, now to him who was able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this. He, he says here now to him, he's talking about God the Father, that, that he, um, that now to him who was able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can think. I love how he says that. He doesn't just say, now him who was able to just to do all that we can think. You know, he can do a lot. He says, he doesn't just say like, he's, um, he doesn't just say who was able to do far more or he says far more, far more abundantly. And he says far more abundantly beyond right? Your Bible translation say like, it's exceedingly great. You know, he just like, he basically covers everything. Like God is just like, you know, just with grace, you know, grace is just like, he, he went above and beyond. That's what God does when, when he wants to, when he wants to bless you, when, when you desire to go deeper with God, God isn't going to just like give you a little bit, you know, like appetizers, right? I got to have like three of them. You can't just have one, right? There's this, that's, that's pointless, right? You want like, you want the main course or you want, you want the food, you want you want that you want you just want the whole thing, right? And that's what God's gonna do. He's not just gonna give you like, okay, you know, here's all you asked for this. I'm just gonna give you just a just a little taste. No, he's like, no, I'm gonna give you like the buffet. I'm gonna give you everything. I'm gonna give you more than you can ask for or even imagine or even comprehend. That's that's what God wants to do. Um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking in um, in uh, you guys know the story about David, right? When he messed like when he sinned with Bathsheba, that was a that was a sad time. But um, if you ever read that, when, when he's kind of uh, confronted with it with Nathan, you know, Nathan gives him the story about this poor man who had a, who had a little ewe lamb, and the king had these guests over, and he had this, all these lambs. He had anything he could choose from, but he takes his ewe lamb, and, and you know, he, he slaughters it and gives it to his guests. And, and David's like, because he's a shepherd, right, for heart, he, he's like, who's this guy? He's going to pay big time right now. And then Nathan's like, you're the guy, man. That's like, that's crazy. But, uh, but he goes in, in, uh, in verse 7 of, of 2 Samuel 12. It says, Nathan then said to David, uh, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, It is I who anointed you king over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your care, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been too, li- if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. That's the God we serve. He's telling David, he's like, why do you have to go and like with your eyes, wife? I had, I, I gave you all these. Things. I could have give you even more if that wasn't enough for you. That's the God we serve. And even though this is like a rebuke and you know not a, not a fun story to read sometimes, but but we can see just the kind of the the little um. You can get something out of this where you talk to so this is this is the God we serve. If you desire if you want to go deeper with him he's he's going to give you more than you can imagine if you if you trust him if you give him your life he's going to do an awesome reason to give you more than imagine all just just uh, what he's done in my life when when i uh you know gave my life to him and just where he's brought me from and where i am now just man it's 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 totally different than you know it's than what i would have thought you know even even when I was like, you know, when I used to, I grew up in church and I knew the tr- about Jesus and all these things, but when I actually gave him my life and I surrendered to him, he just, he, you know, he started just doing a work in me and um, and just, just like it says here, he's, he's able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. And it says in the end, it says to him, uh, to him be the glory in the church. I love how he goes back to the church, right? Not just individually, but to the church. You know, that's that's what we, that's one of the purposes of the church that we would glorify God. You know, that we would be like a beacon, a light to this community, obviously, but to to everywhere we go. 
you know, the church, sometimes it was, we get this misconception. I did in the beginning when I really, like, when I started following Jesus Christ, like, the church is in the building. Like, we're the church. If we're outside having having study, then we say, oh, the church is outside today, right? It's not the building. The building's a building, right? Like, in the first century church, if you were to say, oh, say, hey, we're going we're, we're gonna to have, we're at the church now. And he says, why isn't there anyone in the church? And they'd be like, we're the church. This is just a building. This place, This is the meeting place, right? The church is the people. The church is the bride of Christ. You know, the church is going to be what, what's uh, taken in the rapture. And um, but that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to glorify God in, in everything that we do in all aspects, right? Not just, um, you know, not just in our well, in everything, right? In our speech and and, and everything that we do, that we would glorify God, that we would give Him, you know, where that we would worship Him. That's what the word worship means. It means to, to give some something that's that's worth more that you give Him that worship. And that's what we need to do for God and um. You know that's and he ends it that way. He says, "To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever." Amen. You know, amen. It's basically, let it be. You know, and it's it's an agreement, and and uh, that's you know that we end chapter three with that. Just just to encourage you guys, that's that's what you know the Lord just really showed me to is that we would go deeper, knowing that where we stand in Jesus Christ, knowing what God has done for us, that we would go deeper with Him, that we wouldn't settle that that we would want to know more and more about Jesus Christ. And the more we desire, the more we pursue him, God is God is going to honor and reveal himself more to you. And and when he does that, you're going to be strengthened, you're going to be used by him in, in, in mighty ways and even do things that you weren't even, that you thought a million years you wouldn't do, you know, sharing your faith and, and going out, maybe coming up for one day leading worship or, or or even teaching, right? Or whatever it may be, God wants is going to use you if you allow him. So with that, let's pray and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, God, that um, Lord, we serve a God, Lord, of, of unlimited resources, of unlimited riches, Lord, who, Lord, you desire, Lord, to give us more than we can even ask or think of, Father. That's just the God you are, Lord. You're a, you're a loving Father. You're just an amazing God, Father. And I pray that, Lord, we would desire to go deeper, Lord. We wouldn't settle, Father, for for just um, where we're at, Lord, that we would continue to grow in you and 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 continue to know more about you, continue to, to just study your word and know it, not just to not just intellectually, Lord, but, but intimately, Lord, that we would know the living God who, who died for our sins, Lord. So be with us now, Lord, as we just have this time of worship that you would or that you would be glorified right now in the church, Lord, by your people, that we would sing, Lord, unhindered, Lord, with, with nothing um, distracting us, God, and and Lord, you're just worthy. Thank you in your name. Amen.